Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. We are so happy to have you back. We know that you love to be trained, you love to learn new skills and new talents, and to be a courageous leader. We all know that God put in us skills and talents to use for his glory and our benefit in order to reach the world and to change places where you are, to be the light and the salt. Many of you read my memoir. Uh, that's the way that this podcast started, saving my assassin and starting asking questions and asking me to train you. And we are happy to train you in any way possible and answer the questions. But our podcast also loves to have um, leaders and invite leaders um, and strong and courageous leaders to share with us their journey. So one of them, as a very special guest today, is Dr. Mary Yvette Sell. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Mary, would you introduce yourself? Yes, I will. I'm so happy to be here, I have to say. A little bit of technical difficulties this morning, which I apologize for on my end, but I'm very grateful to be here with you, Virginia. So um, I'm Dr. Marie Seltz, and I am... Uh, a clinical psychologist. I have a master's in industrial organizational uh, psychology, and uh, I'm a mother and a wife. I am a Christian, uh, married 38 years to the same man, and I have followed him all around wherever the Lord has led us. And that's made me a bit of a chameleon because as Virginia has said over and over, and I believe wholeheartedly, Finding what our purpose is and using the gifts that God has given us and the places that he places us is very important. So um, that is something I have I really have done multiple times and continue and strive to do. And I help other people do that as well. So I'm, I'm very grateful to be here with you this Thank morning. You. Virginia. So much. We, we appreciate that. You know, many times uh, as I share my stories uh, with people, I tell them that for a younger age, I noticed something and I started to think uh, and look around me and say, I don't want to live this kind of life. I want to find the truth and speak up for the truth. That might not be something that you see around you, but you see something and you said, oh, I know how to change it. This is not right. And you know what? That might be your mission. That might be what God prepared for you. And when I said mission, I, I want people to understand that because many people will say, oh, I don't have what it takes. I will, Maybe I'm not that talented and everything. For some reason, people believe that when you start your mission, you have to have the blueprint from God. You have to have everything, uh, you know, lined up. No, it's not true. You go step by step and God is going to show you what to do. In fact, you are just used as a tool in God's hands. Yes. To, yeah. for him to do amazing things. And you will be amazed of what he is capable of doing and what you can do in his power. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a leap of faith and you don't even, there are skills and gifts we don't even know we have until we're in a position like you were. I mean, you're diminutive in size. You're not a tiny person. You're not a large person. I'm 5'10". You could could stack two of you and you could barely, (laughs) but you are so powerful because you, your, your faith is something that really, you know, it just, it, 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 it sustains you. It motivates you. It energizes you. It, and you use that. I, I, I see how you use that with the people that you come in contact with. I think you believe like I do that everybody you meet, they, you, you leave them with something and they leave you with something, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe that our mission is not, I'm a speaker and a writer. It's not when I go to the microphone or when I start writing. My mission is every minute of my life. And the way I conduct my life and the way I please God and I walk in front of him will have a amazing influence on others because yes. at the end of the day and when I read I wrote the book, Saving My Assassin. My prayer was, Lord, I want you to help me that when people finish reading the book to say, I want her God to be my God. And I heard so many people saying that. Also, I wanted them because I described socialists and and communists because I live under socialists and communists for so many years. I want them to say, wow, I don't want to build this kind of of society. It's not a good society. I appreciate this capitalist. It's not perfect. It's not heaven, but it's much better than, than, uh, you know, socialists and society without God and, um, you know, with government that becomes your your God. And this is more important than ever before, the way we walk in front of people to influence them as as courageous and strong uh, leaders to influence them. So would you share with us how you started this this journey? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, as I said before, my husband is an ordained pastor. And so uh, he he was a former speaker of the Lutheran Hour, which is the longest running gospel radio program in the the world. And so living a life of faith, um, before I married my husband, believe it or not, I was going to be a nun. <laughs> I believed in just uh, serving the Lord and I wanted a life of peace and he had another calling for me. I ended up being introduced to my husband on a blind date and uh, he was a man of God. And he his words were words I'd never heard before, but everything he believed was what I believed and the God he served was the God I served. And so I've gone with him on every journey across the the U.S., uh, serving in different large cities, Los Angeles, New York City, um, Florida. Sorry, we have things going on here, that noise. Um, um, uh, Los Angeles, and now we're in Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, along the way, uh, finding out not, you know, in order to help people, you also have to be focused on what, what your skill sets are and understand what that is. And I always knew that. Um, uh, counseling 
was uh, in teaching were, were my giftings. And so uh, pursuing my degree was very important. And I have a master's in organizational psychology and I have um, industrial organizational psychology. And then my PhD is in clinical psychology. Um, but so, so I've been a professor and I've written uh, educational programs for universities. And, and now my husband has left the Lutheran Hour to, to do work in Washington, D.C. advocating for life. Or, which is there right now outside of the Supreme Court because of the big case going on right now. And we advocate for education and for families and marriage. And uh, all of these things are big, like you were saying, you, you could not have been more correct. And, you know, you have to just step out and serve and you and, um, and, and do the thing that you know you're supposed to do, even if everything in, you don't have a blueprint and there's no... You don't even see what the outcome is. You just know that the Lord is there with you. And he's always by you, always. And as long as you're doing is in service to him, it's going to be okay. And right now I know a lot of people, Virginia, and you know better than anybody that I know in my uh, personally. I mean, I've come close to facing a person who was there and broke in my home to kill me, but nothing like your story. Whenever you feel threatened, people tend to fall back and they don't want to do the things that they maybe they're in their heads and their their minds and their and their, their hearts knowing they're supposed to do. Right now, in fact, a Gallup poll was just taken and 77% of Americans today are fearful of speaking out against socialism, against a critical race theory. 77% because they're afraid of being taunted, uh, fired from their jobs, um, socially bullied. Um, their family members leaving them. But as you know, right now, what's happening in this nation is we are seeing uh, socialistic Marxism uh, coming now and infiltrating our our universities and our young people are, are reacting violently. And me, I've worked in the university settings for, for a number of years. And like I said, I started seeing changes in children and then this younger adults lots of anxieties and depression. So my work is right now primarily centered around helping people to understand the destructiveness of critical race theory, embracement of Marxism, um, and because they think they know what it's about. Because they, And even the educators, they are being trained, and they don't really know, like you know. They yeah. don't know. Yeah. That, is, that is so correct. And Yes, I, I agree with you. In 33 years, because in November I celebrated 33 years coming to America. In 33 years here in America, I had seen America being changed. And in my book and in my speech, many times I said, fear and faith are contagious. Yes. And you have to be aware if you spread fear or fate. When you are fearful, when you are fearful, you have to check yourself. We all have fear. No, no question about this. Absolutely. On on the uh, same level. But when you have fear of people instead of fear of God, you are in danger. Yes. People that that, um, fear about their jobs Mm -hmm. or you know, being marked or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so in social media or something, they focus yeah. on protecting themselves. 
Yes. If you know and you really believe, because that's where faith and your action go together. Yeah, yes. You want to have faith here and not in action, and, mm-hmm. and that will break you. But if you believe that your job is in God's hands, as your life is in God's hands, that you will act differently. Yes. You will not be fearful. You'll be respectful of your boss if you work yes. for someone. You'll be respectful for your boss. But you will not crumble and try to lower your standard as a Christian because you believe that he will fire you. Your, yes. your job and God can provide. God can provide. Reading this this morning uh, in the Bible, I... Um, I just, God just encouraged me one more time that if we look at a history, if we look at everything in our life, even when people believe that they had the power, they had it temporarily, they had it because God allowed them to have, but at the end, God had the victory. Yes. You don't look far away. You look for Israel people that were influenced even by the Greek people at that time. It was a big empire. And in order to do um, a good commerce with each other, Jewish people had to learn Greek. Yes. Because it was yes. the, the language of transaction. And guess what? After that, many of them, they did not accept the religious of Greek with mm-hmm. multiple gods and everything, but they started to modify their relationship with God according to what the external Greek culture agree with them. Mm-hmm. And the culture thought that they won. And you look at all the, the Pharisee and Sadducee and all the people, more than that, you look at the Roman Empire who took control of uh, the Jewish people and they believed that they were in power and God used them. People thought when Christ on, on the cross, they thought that they won. And guess what? We know that God won that Christ died and was resurrected. God used the Roman Empire, everything that they built, including the roads and everything, to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. They used the Greek um, uh, language to translate the gospel to everyone. So if you think of all those things from the Bible, you will be encouraged and say, even if I don't see anything, even if I am in danger of losing my my job, God is in control. And one day I will see that. That is so important for people. And if we don't read, read the Bible, we don't read what happened with every single person in the Bible and how God helped them. We we tend to believe that the culture is it's uh, winning, but we are in a winning team. God never lost a battle. That's right, absolutely, and that's so wonderful to. I, and it, you're right. We're on the team. We're on the winning team. Even when it looks like we're losing, God is. He is so much greater than us. He is doing so many things we don't even comprehend and know. Yes. And 
Yeah, and we've already won. So no matter what the world is showing us and throwing at us, and yes, I understand we're human and we have fear, but the Lord is beside us and he's felt everything that we've ever felt. And he knows what we're feeling. He, it's not, uh, he, he feels it more intensely than we do. And he loves us more intensely, right? Yeah. Yes, so. and we don't become strong and courageous by, uh, um, you know, thinking every single day, I need to be strong and courageous. I need, yeah. No, yeah. it's the Lord action. who brings in us by action. We step by faith. We feel the fear. We uh, ask like David, when I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. We, we go, we might go one step, two back, and one step, uh, and again, we cry out to the Lord again and say, Lord, help me. I'm fearful and so forth. Help me to do this. And even be kind to people mm -hmm. that are not kind with us. That's and right. they will look at us and say, it's something different about these people. Mm -hmm. And they will ask us about the hope that is in us. Mm -hmm. And this way we, we change the culture. The best place for us as Christians is to be under God's wings and stand firm on the gospel and speak yes. up during this time and not be fearful. That's exactly right. And we can, it's also, uh, as parents, it's our responsibility and the number one thing we can do for our children is to pass that on to them. Yes. You know, and, and the best way to pass that, you are so right, is to let them see and mm -hmm. how we walk with the Lord. That yes. we have fear too, we have true. concern, and we can go on too. And also you said something, uh, as parents we have a responsibility. As a foreigner coming mm -hmm. to America, I always wonder, I always thought, you know, America, it's based on capitalism. You know, you, you are the customer and, and the businesses try to, you pay for something, the businesses try really hard to gain your business and, and to be nice to you. But the only place that it's different is in college. Mm -hmm. You as a parent, you pay for education of your child and you are cut off you cannot have any access. That's this right. is so wrong, and yes. we need to change that. We, need, we really do. Yes, that is enough. It's enough, and I believe that we learned the lesson. It can be It can be changed, and we have to be involved, and we have to have yes. uh, something to say about what our children are learning from a younger age to, to uh, graduate school, because we yes. are the one paying for it. That's right. And, and, and I can't, I have to tell you, this is one of the reasons that I do the work that I do is because I started teaching in, in undergraduate schools and public schools. And I've never, I never taught in, in private schools. And then I just became a, a, a university professor and I taught in secular and in private schools. And I have to tell you for the very reason that you, you were saying, you know, right now we, you hear about critical race theory and propaganda in the schools happening. And this started happening uh, in the 1990s is when they started instilling it, but it was, you know, created way a long time ago, but in the universities, they started teaching this and the students, and I also counsel, they come in with great anxiety and anger because they felt so separated from their parents and what their parents believed and what they were being taught in the schools was completely uh, mm -hmm. opposite ends of the spectrum. Their faith was being ridiculed and laughed at and they were being called dim-witted or simple-minded or dumb because they 
who had a faith. Um, and so, you know, we see the parents' voices silenced and an intentional effort being made for, for and I, I'm going to tell you, it's government overreach, to, to separate the children from the parents. Yes. And right. it's very intentional. Now it's trickling down all the way down. It's now gotten into the, the public school systems and we have it all the way at, at a lesser degree, but it's still there through cartoons and through different uh, anti-bullying campaigns and LGBT agendas in the schools uh, all the way down to preschool. These children are being, I mean, it, it's, it's child abuse, what they are being taught and forced to face before they can even uh, handle this thing. Mm-hmm. They, they're not, their little brains are not made for that. And I have to tell you, one of the things that I do with is try to educate parents because a develop, depending on the developmental um, stage of their children, their children could suffer. This is a lifelong thing that this, these children can have for all their, their lives, Virginia. You know, they, they, they can have confusion uh, and as far as their purpose in life and the way they trust people. It's just, yeah, it's exactly. it's uh, very but sad. One, one of the things that I believe it's very important is for too long, we as parents believe that if we take our children to church, uh, the church will teach them about God. No, the teaching starts at home by yes. reading to them, by living yes. your life in front of them. Yes. Then we, we thought we'd take our children to school and they will be just taught there and everything. And lately, I just discovered a few years ago, because I don't have any more kids that go to, um, you know, uh, first grade to 12 but uh, some people told me that now many schools don't ha- don't even have homework so wow. the parents were excluded totally so to me the solution is for the parents to instill in their children uh the fate then mm-hmm. when so for them many times i said the parents make mistake Yes. In their desire to love the child and resolve the problem, they put themselves between God and the child in order to resolve. And the child never develops, a teenager never develops a relationship with Christ. Because I know that the ones that develop that strong relationship with Christ, no matter what people at college will do, they will remain faithful. My kids, my first daughter graduated from SMU like me, my second mm-hmm. daughter from Harvard Law School and my son from United States Air Force Academy. But they had, I struggled so much as, as a beginner here that mm-hmm. they watch me trusting God and everything. And that uh, anytime they ask and I didn't have money or possibilities, we pray, we watch what God is doing. And that had a big influence on them. And yeah. when they went to college or graduate school, they finished and they are good people, business people, and they are honoring yes. the Lord. So it's not something that we cannot correct it. We can correct it, but yes. like you said, it takes people like you to train them, and it takes a parent to go to school and find out what yes. God and stand up and say, no, this is not right, and also to write to be in yes. a school, school different position in different areas of your yes. community and be part of the community, make changes. 
Yes. And I know that, and you must expect pushback because they will not appreciate you coming into the schools. They will not appreciate, but you must do it. It's very, very, very important that you do it. One of the blessings of being, having, and I'm going to say this, I mean, because there's positives and negatives and everything. When we were uh, I um, quarantined and the children had to start taking online classes, a lot of the parents that they were, you know, doing parenting, they were, they were, able to see what was being taught in the classrooms. A lot of these parents were very surprised. They did not know that there was shaming going on, that there was a lot of propaganda being instilled on the children. And so one of the things that happened is a lot of the parents started questioning and and banding together and approaching school boards. And now the government is starting to label them as terrorists because they're saying that they are now, uh, you know, making the educators feel unsafe. And I have to tell you, I have been personally threatened by some of my uh, professional uh, colleagues saying that, you know, well, I shouldn't be talking about this because they have been in my profession, Virginia. I have to actually deny much of my training about how to teach people about working through fear. Now we just have to say, oh, you're afraid. Oh, you know, just go to your safe space. No. That is, that is, that is, that's disempowering. Mm-hmm. It's very victimizing, you know, and yes. another that's thing. exactly what they want. That's exactly yes. what they want. Yes. You said, be aware of pushback. If yes. this will be resolved, and I believe that it will be resolved with, you know, making the government to understand that the parents are not terrorists. Parents are loving their children. Mm-hmm. And this will be resolved. Guess what? Something else. They will come out with something else. (laughs) Yes. That's not. But if you think that they will give you an opportunity to exercise your faith muscles, then you will be ready for it. You will not be... You have to, uh, a psychologist, you can, you can tell me if I'm right or not. You have to check yourself and see if you yourself don't put in a position of victim. You know, it doesn't oh, matter yes. what the government or others will do. But when somebody comes to you and you say you are afraid and you accept that fear, you put yourself in that cage of victim. And you yes. have to find your way by faith mm-hmm. out. And it's say like David, when I'm yes. afraid, I trust in you. That's yes. that's the essence. Yes. And, and I want to back up. Not only are you correct in what you're saying, but there's empirical evidence with many, many studies that demonstrate that people of faith have more resiliency, that they have the ability, they're healthier physically, they're happier socially. And they get much more done. And and they, so when we, you know, in our society, we talk about happiness and chase happiness, but fulfillment is so much greater. And that's when you're aligned with your faith and your purpose. That is so much greater and it's much more enduring. But all these empirical studies are now showing it, including Albert Ellis, who was not a man of Christianity and Christian faith. He had a great debate with a, a Christian doctor over the, the, the beauty of faith and uh, its a, a effect, uh, an impact on us physically, socially, uh, and uh, mentally. And right before he died, Ellis had to recant that he was wrong and and acknowledge that, yes, faith is very powerful. It's sustaining. It gives us resilience. 
and focus, right? On focus. Yes. Our focus is different. Like it's not like you said, we're not in a defensive mode, protective. We are out serving and doing and and yes. really making a life that's important and meaningful. Absolutely. We just touched the surface of what the value and, and beauty that you can offer. And for sure, we're going to invite you to discuss more. I just want to thank you so much for spending time with us and giving us so many ideas and values. Oh, I, I, it was my pleasure. And I, I enjoy you so much. And you have a very purposeful life. And I'm just blessed to know you and, and be a part of, of your journey, too. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. If you want to know more about Virginia Prodan, the coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com.